you next. And we are set. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode number 15 of the J Money Talks Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Jason Michael Johnson, a.k.a. J Money. We got a good episode for you guys. We have, uh, I think one of the big things is, I think today, it's this Saturday, it is, we don't know what today is, Saturday, October 24th. Then we got first, I think we got a good amount of stuff to talk about. I think one of the biggest things is today, in terms of college football, uh, right now, uh, right, see, one of the big things right now is, one of the big things about college football this year is pretty much we got the return of the Big Ten, the Big Ten, and then also I believe that the Pac-12 is starts either this week, actually starts I believe in the next week or two. I believe it is next week. I'm assuming, but I think but I think some more stuff is coming out. I think next week or in or I believe in the week after I think on the 10th because actually I think everything starts there's a couple games there's actually a couple games there on actually on my birthday actually um which actually I'm gonna keep under advisement but I think the big thing is western west coast teams same game but we also got the return of the big 10 big 10 conference football and one of the big things right now is let's see what we got right now in terms of big 10 we had Mich. Let's see, what Big Ten games was on, actually, this game, this week? We had Wisconsin play Friday night, actually, last night, against Illinois, winning in a blowout, 45-7. And the rest of the conference, in the rest of the conference, played their games today. The biggest, biggest ones were Northwestern going over Maryland, 43-3. to Purdue and Iowa playing a back-and-forth, back-and-forth game 24 to 20. Rutgers started their uh, conference season off by winning over Michigan State 38 to 27. All State practically on the back of Justin Fields pretty much played a near perfect game, winning over Nebraska 52 to 17. The biggest game so far that happened is that's going on currently is between Michigan and Minnesota. Right now, Michigan is up 49 to 24. This is the big this is a big matchup because both teams are right now are both ranked in the top 25. So this is a top 25 matchup. In this, there are four, there are five teams in this con in the conference right now that is in the top 25. And Penn State plays their first game against Indiana, and this is the big one. I actually, I didn't watch it, but I actually actually looked into it and it was interesting because Indiana Indiana kind of has something to prove and this is like one of those seasons Indiana is deemed to be good on paper was deemed to be good on paper as I mean I've heard that's not I mean I'm not saying that they but they actually have but the past couple of seasons they actually had proven something that they could have done so it was one of those things so how so what happened in this game? So, so Indiana actually ended up playing in IU. Uh, Penn State played against Indiana in Bloomington, and this is a normal 
uh, day in Bloomington, uh, usual Bloomington game. This is usual. Penn State was favored, favored by six in this game. So what happened is, first quarter we had uh, uh, QB Sean Clifford, who is I believe junior from Cincinnati, six foot two junior QB, um, junior QB, um, Q- junior QB. Uh, he scores for a TR pass and touchdown to Pat Freermouth. For a touchdown, it was for a touchdown, get the early lead. Second quarter, so far, throughout the rest of the half, first half, all Indiana with a 34-yard field goal by Charles Campbell, a 14-yard run by Stevie Scott deferred, and two touchdown runs by Stevie Scott deferred, one for 14 yards, which put them up 10-7, and then a number one to put them up 17-7, to bring to give him a 10 point lead going into the half and the third quarter, and that would be the score until Larry late in the third quarter actually, the last play of the third quarter as Sean Clifford ran for a 35 yard touchdown run, which cut the lead to three. Entering the fourth quarter, and this one was a back ends up becoming a weird back and forth as Charles Campbell in. Fourth quarter, NEA got the ball back. Start fourth quarter because of the touchdown. So Charles Campbell ends up kicking a 48-yard field goal to give a team the lead, and they would have this lead until two minutes 30 seconds left. Sean Clifford takes the snap. He throws it to Jahan Dotson for a 60-yard pass bomb, and ends up giving Penn State the lead, 21 to 20. Two minutes 30 seconds left. IU. Here's, this would have been last chance for practically IU, for IU in this game. In this very game, they end up, they go, they end up trying to play. It gets the ball at their 25 and starts off with them getting sacked. Not just once, but twice. And then two incomplete passes. And with a minute and 47 seconds left, IU gets the ball, has the ball at their 14-yard line. The game is practically over at this point. Now, what happens next is Devin Ford and for Penn State, very next play, pretty much pretty much just to run the clock out, practically a way just to run the clock out. Usually in this case scenario, they usually do in this scenario, they usually try to run the clock out, usually tell the coach, pretty much still running back, A, when you get to like the one or two yard line, stay, kneel down, kneel down, don't go for points. Touchdown. The game is over. Lears, Indiana probably used all their timeouts on that last drive, which ended up going badly for him. For him, what happened is Devin Ford ends up accidentally stepped into the goal line and gives IU the chance with the ball with a minute and 42 seconds left into the game. And that is what changes and Indiana gets the chance as IU drives down the field, scores a in their quarterback Michael Phoenix Jr. runs for a one-yard touchdown via QB sneak, and then another does another one for a two-point conversion, which ties the game for IU. So, but one of the big things is Penn State actually had a chance 
to get a field goal up as Jordan Stafford IU for Penn State tried to kick a 57-yard field goal to give them the win via a field goal and not go to overtime. We go to overtime. Next. So, what happens? We go to overtime. So, Penn State. Penn State ends up going to overtime at the at the 25. Sean Clifford decides to take a ball, runs the ball to the IU's 12. And... Sean Clifford makes a pass to Parker Washington for a nine-yard touchdown, which ends up giving them, which gave Penn State a 35-28 lead. IU, they decided, we're going to go ahead. We are taking this ball. Michael Penix Jr. takes a chance. Gets, ends up getting pa- whoop piler. Whoop, whoop filler for a nine-yard touchdown for himself. And... On a fern goal at the at Penn State's nine, and instead of going for double overtime, Vitai and going for a double overtime, kicking the extra point, they decided, hey, we're going to live and die by the two point conversion. And Michael Jan- Vanix Jr. ends up running, takes the snap, he runs it in, and he like barely. And if you look at the replay, go, you can probably find the replay. He just barely finds a way to get the ball into pylon. Just it barely touches the pylon. It is the most insane like thing I've ever seen. It is incredible. He put this like game on his back and it was a game of inches. And people were gonna and I think Penn State fans, I know what you're gonna say is that he never really touched the pylon. It is it was a bad call, and here's the thing: it. If you look at it, like every angle, you could have changed, tried every single angle to try to prove that it didn't go, the the ball didn't cross the plane or anything. But it was hard overturn. It was the craziest thing, and this is a big game for Indiana because that is the first time. I think this is like one of their best. This is probably a top ten win for them. This is like one of their first top ten wins in a while. So I knew this is probably one of the biggest games IU for IU in probably recent years. And that is a big thing, especially for a team like IU to win that game. It is impressive, quite impressive. And I'm a Louisville fan. I'm not much of an IU fan. I just know for a while watching them over the years. They've never had the best record in terms of culture ball. If we have to go, if there's a radar of like how bad the program kind of is it's practically like in terms of like every team has like that one team that is practically practically like every team just fucks <laughs> fucks this dog shit out of them or if it's on the home or on the road they fuck this dog shit out of them like a two dollar whore <laughs> basically I that is usually IU in the SEC it's Kentucky in the ACC, it's like Wake Forest sometimes, maybe Boston College. In the Big 12, it is Kansas. And it is Kansas. IU is that in the Big 10. And basically every team gets a piece, got a, gets a piece of Indiana. Sometimes, sometimes it's like a merry-go-round. Everyone gets a ride. It's just everyone gets a ride. 
But for them to get that W against a top team team like Penn State, a team that has has very high expectations, that is one. Now that is an up, need an upset. And dude, that is something. And even though I don't know if there's going to be bowls, we'll actually get to one thing about uh, bowls in a second. Um, it is a big thing. I think this is a good. I say congratulations to India. I'm hoping this rest of the season does good. They do have a few big teams they're playing against, including Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, I believe there's a couple others. I believe, uh, I think Rutgers is actually one of them, and Rutgers beat uh, Michigan State, so this is actually, that's actually a big game for them. They actually scored more points that game against a Big Ten opponent, more than they have done the last season, and that's, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's one big thing. I think that's a big thing that was interesting to me. Speaking of college football, let's go back to Louisville. To Louisville. Louisville today actually played football. This is the first home game back after a free game road trip. Uh, three straight losses. Uh, some uh, more infuriating than the last. Biggest thing was in first thing. First thing is in a couple games. Defense. Not showing up much, and an offense not producing as much, not producing as they should have been, and uh, pretty much by Notre Dame, the defense woke up, but offense failed to deliver on game, failed to deliver on that upset. Uh, this time, both offense and defense ran complete domination. This time, they were playing against uh, Florida State, who at this season has had a Probably a down season, despite the expectations, high expectations for him. Uh, but this one is big. Uh, both teams need like a good win to like build them back up. And uh, Louisville ends up getting this one ha- very handily. Uh, Mikael Cunningham gets uh, 200 for 278 yards and uh, I believe three touchdowns, no picks, no two touchdowns actually. Javion Hawkins had a great game. He ended up averaging almost 11 yards a carry and running for free touchdowns. One for 70 yards. Uh, for 70 yards. This one was homecoming. This is the first home game for the year. First home game back after a free game. Rhodes skid. Also, this is the first ACC win for the Cards this season. So, great job. Congratulations to the Cards for that win. Um, next. So, what's next now for Louisville? Next, I believe they face Virginia Tech, I believe. Virginia Tech, who is actually a team that actually has a good, actually has very high expectations. I think, believe that they have very high expectations. I'm not sure. Yeah, free, yeah, free and two this season with, in our rank 19 right now, we, they're probably going to be ranked a little higher after this upset next after that on the seventh next we'll play Virginia we'll be playing against Virginia then Syracuse who is right now one in five so there is uh the next three games between Virginia Tech night uh 19th break Virginia Tech then is on the road going to Virginia and then they got a nice uh two-week break and then they have a Friday night game against Syracuse a Friday night game at Skin Syracuse at 7 p.m. 
on ESPN. So there is a couple games they can that Louisville can kind of get a good win. Do I expect Louisville? Is it this season or year? Uh, this year it is a good contender year. It's right to be uh say for Kentucky. This is a good season, good week for them. So Kentucky, they end up going to they travel to Missouri. Travels to travel to Missouri, and Kentucky ends up not doing very good. Def- Missouri stuffed them throughout the defense, and then the whole then uh could not get much done in terms of offense as Missouri ends up routing ends up beating them twenty to ten. Uh, twenty to ten. Nothing too big. Uh. Biggest thing that happened was pretty much Larry Roundtree, the third, ended up running the ball three, 37 times uh, for 126 yards. He scored two touchdowns, two one-yard touchdowns. Nothing nothing simple. Uh, mostly off, nothing was stagnant for the first quarter. Nothing was going on in the first quarter. Uh, and uh, Missouri had a lead for stroke first with a seven one-yard touchdown. Bringing up seven, ten, seven to nothing with... Less than 11 minutes left in the second quarter, and they never saw the never in UK cannot keep up. The only thing they could get was a field 50 yard field goal by Matt Ruffalo and a 26 yard pass from Terry Wilson to Josh Ali. Josh Ali. So, yeah, it looks like Kentucky and this is a big thing. This is one of the weird. This is a bad. This is a weird thing, especially as a play. If you're a here's a Kentucky, it doesn't even look like Kentucky has an all. Don't doesn't play. Doesn't do anything involving passing. It is probably a heavy rush, more rushing team, but it looks like there is not much of passing nor rushing. It look okay. So one of the big things that factored in is the time of possession. Missouri practically controlled this, controlled pretty much the entirety, practically almost three full quarters. Um, three full quarters. Uh, Missouri held the ball for forty-three minutes and ten seconds, compared to Kentucky, who held who was held the ball for sixteen minutes and fifty seconds. Uh. Right now, it says right here, four out of five in fourth downs, ten out of twenty from for first down, from third down, twenty-six first downs total, forty-four and twenty-one yards total offense, about pretty balanced in the both passing and rushing, two hundred twenty for rushing, two hundred one for passing, uh, average of six point seven yards per pass attempt. Uh, per pass, and uh, Kentucky every now and could not get much. T- ran the ball 23 times for 98 yards, for 98 yards, and pre- and for passing, 4 out of 13 combined with both, with two QBs, and that is with Terry Wilson throwing the ball 3 out of 9 times for 40, 35 yards, 35 yards, and and uh and another QB which is Joey Gatewood 
who threw the ball, who threw the ball four times, one out of four for 12 yards. So it was, so basically this was a game that, let's just say, I don't know much, I'm not going to say much about Kentucky, bad about that. It's, Kentucky kind of has a better record, but that is, I mean, I'm, I'm a Louisville fan. I'm a Louisville fan. I pull for Kentucky when they're not playing Louisville, but that is just, that's not good. I'm like, anyways, speaking of it, we'll just move on. We got our West, my, my, my college Western ends up go, adding up hosting, playing host to Chattanooga this season. Uh, first game for Chattanooga. And uh, Western Kentucky ends up playing, uh, kind of ends up going, uh, ends up staying close in this game. Staying close in this game. Uh, down 6 to 10 to 6. And late in the fourth quarter, Tyrell Pigram ends up through a four yard touch, end up getting a clutch fourth down touchdown on fourth down. Last chance for. Western, pretty much a Larry last chance for Western Kentucky in this game. And for Western, for Western, they end up throwing a fourth and goal at Chattanooga's four, at the four. Fourth and goal, last chance for Western to win this game. Whereas, basically the thing was, was Western going for the win or for the tie? They actually had a chance to go for a tie. Now, actually, they had to score a touchdown this one. And Tyro Pickrum, transfer student, uh, graduate transfer from University of Maryland, connects with a connects with Craig Burt Jr. for a four-yard touchdown, which ends up giving them the game, giving them the game. And Western, who was actually favored by 14, ends up weighing a Pretty close one by a score of thirteen to ten. By score thirteen to ten. Thirteen to ten. And this one was a back and forth dog fight. It was actually a back and forth dog fight. Western kinda was a benefactor despite turning the ball over twice off of two fumbles. So it is so Chattanooga ended up playing a very highly competitive game. And very highly competitive game this season. This very season. So, playing a very highly competitive game this season. So, I don't know if this is... I think there is more games that are usually played. But a, but it is a... So, that's practically kind of what's going on in the local scene, actually. Local football Look for I don't know if we got for Eastern Kentucky. Let me see. Let me check something for uh, say for anybody who is a fan, anybody who goes to West Eastern Kentucky. I don't know if they played. Actually, but I'm gonna at least give a search for them. Uh, don't see any Eastern. So. I see. In other news, let's see what was the big games here. Uh, Clemson ends up winning their game, forty-seven to twenty-one. They 
And somehow there was a chance, there was a thing where Syracuse was actually kind of trying to, was actually keeping up with him and ends up, ends up, uh, ended up going for a, but looks like Clemson pulled away in that game. Uh, they were down six. Uh, Syracuse ended up pulling, getting, kind of finding a way of getting close by, uh, they were, as Syracuse was up 27 to 21. To uh, 21. 21. Yes. Off of an act of an 83 yard bomb from Rex Culpepper to Nakiem Johnson. To Nakiem Johnson for 83 yards, which ends up giving them a and up getting close. And Syracuse was struggling to at least get much offense, but eventually they kind of started, the offense started waking up and end up. Scoring, uh, end up going in, end up scoring, uh, scoring at least 20 straight points in this game to bring it back in, bring the game, to pull this game away. But Syracuse marches on. Uh, we now, let's talk about all Alabama went, had hosts, actually Tennessee plays host to, to, to plays host, played host to, um, to, to ten, Tennessee played host to Alabama. I'm sorry, I cannot speak right now. Sorry. Uh, first play from screw. First play, which is the kickoff from kickoff, the that uh, Jalen Waddle ends up. Jalen Waddle, who is a preseason, a preseason All SEC first team wide receiver, I believe, is a. Wide receiver, a who is a talented wide receiver, great wide receiver, and for his game, junior out of a uh, junior out of out of uh, Houston, Texas, from Houston, Texas, five ten junior, uh, probably is probably going to probably uh, receive the opening kickoff, and by and let's just say he ends up having this very freak injury during the. Freak injury on kickoff, and he sadly is out of the season. Kind of something like a like a Dak Scott type of situation. No type of injury, one of those like ankle breaks, and it's a weird thing. It's uh, it is unfortunate for uh, the young man, physio man from Clems, from Alabama to to be injured. Uh, I am not sure what he was going to be. He was an he is. Yeah, it says here that his right foot got caught between the grass and George's body. What happened is he, when he got up, he was hopping off the sideline. And now this is a big thing now is, so now what is next, what is going to happen now moving forward for Waddle? I'm not sure. I don't know if he will be redshirted. I don't know what will happen. This is a big thing. Um, I don't really Hope, wish for his for him be get back healthier. Hopefully, I'm hoping for him for the young man to get back healthy, to play play his game again. I'm hoping he makes makes a speedy recovery, speedy recovery. Now let's move on to the next big games of next big games. What are the next big uh, games that are coming up this year? So now we now that this is. Big games that are going to be happening this week, next week, for next Saturday. 
we have we got the we got Kentucky now has to go is going to go up against is going up against Georgia on a in a noon game plays host playing host to the Bulldogs four Frank Bulldogs and Kentucky this is a this is probably first this is going to be a big test for Kentucky this is something that is a big test for Kentucky usual this is a large it's been a while long while since the Wildcats probably beat the Bulldogs actually in a while so this is a big game so we're going to see what happens AF gone close but never but do no cigar usually Kentucky has gone close in one game and then they then Georgia finds a way to pull away finds uh what chain finds a way to pull away in its games next we have Louisville taking on an up and coming Virginia Tech team and Cardinal same next week at 4 p.m. actually should be at 4 p.m. at 4 p.m. Louisville is Louisville's pre-tails of a Virginia Tech team which is actually been it is in the preseason has had some uh been a like a dark horse in the ACC, so this is a big game for Louisville, and there and this is against a Virginia Tech team, and it's on Halloween afternoon on an e- Halloween afternoon. Next, Western Kentucky University ends up have traveling to Utah to take on BYU in a interesting in a matchup that ended up being that just was created out of like out of thin air actually. Trying to create a thin air right now. BYU is currently ranked 12th in the nation. They are five and zero. They are taking on five and zero. This is a probably the one. This is actually a non-conference schedule that non-conference game that was made out of uh, that was just randomly made after like Kentucky decided to like Kentucky at one point. Was to play Western, and there was a thing about I think there was a thing about non-conference schedule, the non-conference game about between Louisville, usual conference, usual game between Kentucky and Western. U of L UK playing ended up getting canceled because everything was going into a conference-only schedule, and Kentucky Western was kind of playing on doing a game, and I think plans fell through. And BYU just said, "Hey, you can. Hey, like, and BYU kind of need a team. Need, had a opening in their schedule. Western something set up, and they just said, hey, 'Hey, let's create something here.' And they just said, I bet. So then that's that's how this matchup set up was set up practically right on the pandemic. So this is a good thing. Uh, BYU. It is a uh, non-conference game." Uh, biggest one big game is is gonna be let's see next big game one of the big games is Memphis taking on Cincinnati a top ten a number nine team a big American conference game it's usually a American get conference game which is actually a big thing Cincinnati right now is currently the fifth is currently not ranked ninth in the nation right now which is quite unique. It's actually pretty big. So, that's actually pretty big. Liga. So, that's actually a big game. Um, Notre Dame is going up against Georgia Tech next week. 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Surprising not on NBC, but okay. 
Uh, we got Wisconsin taking on Nebraska. Uh, big top 25 teams. Ooh, we got a big one between Texas and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State ranked 6th in the nation. Texas was ranked around the top 10 at one point, And things end up going falling back. And then we have, which was going to be, which is the game of the week. It was going to be, looks like it was going, was going to be between top 10 teams. But because Indiana pulled off the upset against Penn State, it looks like it's going to be a number. It's probably still going to be a top 25 matchup, probably. But... Who knows how the AP rankings are usually if you lose a non-ranked team. Who knows how they factor in that that's this loss here. So, it looks like All State is going to run up against Penn State. But, it's despite the ranking, besides the loss, this is still a competitive game. This is usually, Ohio State, Penn State is usually a dogfight. So, this one is something that we need to, that is going to be watched very, very closely. Right now, this is actually, right now, we actually do have this moment. We actually have one American Conference matchup, which is between number nine Cincinnati currently and S and a 16th rank SMU right now. And they are right now, Cincinnati is up 20 to 10 with two and a half minutes left in the third quarter. So actually, there's a chance Cincinnati might be, will still at this moment, be undefeated going into the next week's game. So, the next week's game. So, who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, that's mostly all the game. That's mostly the big games that's usually on here. Uh, some I can't. Some I can just say. Oklahoma Texas is a competitive. Is probably going to be a competitive game. Uh, probably sound seems competitive. Um. Hmm. I don't know much. I don't know much. Let's see. Minnesota is traveling loss as okay, so it appears the Michigan appears Michigan has won over Minnesota. Yep, final score forty-nine to twenty-four. Ooh, okay, this is a big one. So right now at the top of the eighth, the Dodgers are and Rays are tied six runs a piece. So this is actually pretty this is about to be pretty close. Right now with two outs in the top of the eighth, Corey Seeger is right now up to bat. It is one one right now. He is up on a one on one count. So we need let me look into this. I'm gonna give you guys a look in right now. So first strike was a curve, struck out swinging and then two balls one strike right now. We're now into this. There is one on second. All right. Currently, for first pitch was a strike, swinging on a curve, 18 mile an hour curve. Second was a curve on the right outside pitch, which is. Ooh, two strikes, another curve. Oh, this time was a foul ball, so now it's a 2-2 two, two count. 2-2 two, two count. This is a very crucial portion of the game here. And this is, and Corey Seager is a crazy good hitter. There, so, 2-2 two, two pitch. And it is currently 
could be. Where's the hit? It is. Oh, it's a single, and there's a score. It's a single to left, left center, and it is, and that now it is a seven-six ball game for the Dodgers. For the Dodgers now, Dodgers are now up seven to six at the top of the eighth. At the top of the eighth, up next, I believe, is Justin Turner. Justin Durst. So right now, if you are a Dodgers fan, you guys are now might be one run closer to the champion. You guys are one win. Might be one game away from winning your first World Series and probably and over 35 years. And right now, first World Series since I believe 1985, I believe. Has the LA Dodgers won World Series? LA Dodgers last series win. No, first since 1988. Since 1988. Woo! This is, there is a chance. You guys are, might be, one game away. In other words, the entirety of Natch means also the means LA has a chance of winning another championship. And that city, smug as it is, gets to be more smugger. <laughs> and we're all and we all have to suffer for it. Alright. Wow, we spent a while on this first topic. On sports, so yeah, let's see. Hmm. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break here. Um, when we come back, we're gonna probably talk about UFC. I think we might talk about UFC 254, which just happened actually earlier this afternoon. I probably will probably talk about what happened now. What has happened now? So, what? what the results are, who won in this fight, and how who won this fight, who who ends up, who is going to be, who is it going to be, who is going to be, what's moving forward, who won in this lightweight title fight. Did, as is Khabib still undefeated, and is retained the UFC lightweight title, or is there a new king of the lightweights? Of the lightweights. Next, Robert Werger versus Jared Cannonier. Winner, boot, who wins, and who is going to be, is that winner going to be the number one contender to Israel Andesanya and that middleweight crown? And we got a top 10 match up between the big ticket Will Towers and Alexander Volkov. Who moves up in the rankings and is maybe one step closer to facing off against 
the heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic. We all this more coming up right after this. You're watching episode number 15 of the J Money Talks podcast on YouTube and SoundCloud. Don't worry, anywhere, folks. We've got a little bit more to talk about. Don't go anywhere. Alright, guys. Before we go on to our next segment, to our next segment, I thought we'd just talk about some stuff. Talk about uh, you getting yourself cleaned up, making yourself have some tools, right? Tools for job. So, here's the thing. Like, one thing's about store bots. The, about like the body washes and the face lotion and the face cleansers. Some of the stuff is, does work, but sometimes it's hard to find that right and that stuff that helps you out. The pinpoints, like everyone's skin is different, so it's different to tell. Like, okay, what do you use? Some, like some of you guys probably use like four, use that seventeen in one shampoo, conditioner, body wash, face face wash face lotion, more oil combination. Guys, like, you don't have to go that crazy. Just use simple stuff. Like, you gotta make it simple and easy, and it's something that is fine-tuned to your likes and dislikes. And there is a company that actually does that stuff. And that is, my friends, Hawthorne. Uh, what you do, this is something I did actually a few months ago, actually, at least actually a couple weeks before the podcast began and I was interested in about this and what they do is it's like I think it's a lab or something and what they do is they go you do a quiz you just do this simple quiz it's probably it's like 10 minutes okay it's like 10 minutes you do this quiz you pretty much put in like what your hair is your face what your face usually happens what like what your face is like what you what's your favorite smells like your job and then they create like this tons of stuff like clean of like facial cleansers body wash shampoo face lotions they actually have like soap bars actually there's some soap bars and another thing that I liked is they help you make your own specially special colognes they get you and they make two different types one for work, this one here, I this one is used because right now I actually work in actual an office space. I mean, I'm not working at an actual office base. I work at home. I have an own home office. But if you're like, say, let's say this, dress up in a night. Let's say this, you don't have to dress, but if you want to dress up in like, uh, say, work style clothes, and out like say a polo, maybe a nice polo shirt simple polo shirt, something like this, something like this, or one, maybe you put on a nice, simple, casual dress shirt, and maybe nice shoes and and pants, it might, you give that, you might give off that vibe of like, hey, I work in an office, or like, someone think you work at a bank or something, and then you got a clone when you're going out at night, you're going out on a date night, or you're going out to the bar, and it's is for play, for play. What is my play one? And it, this one works out with like your what your like favorite drink is, like your favorite adult beverages. And with your favorite adult beverages, me when I go out on a date, I kind of say simple and just have like a simple beer, probably a simple beer. Um, and 
Sometimes I'll go for the occasional hard liquor drink, but usually, most of the time, I usually get a simple beer. Mostly, preferably, a Blue Moon. And if it's on draft, especially if it's on draft. So, so yes. So, go to Hoffmore.com and check it out. These It is a great, great, great uh, company. They do, like, they got cologne. Get yourself, yourself up with a cologne. Body wash, face wash, face wash, everything. It's a simple quiz. Try it. See what you think about it. Who knows? It'll help you out, especially. And this thing comes in professional packaging, and it's it looks professional. Plus, when you stand up in your bathroom, fellas, set that bad boys up in your bathroom. Let me tell you, if you bring a girl to your bathroom, bathroom, if she has to use the restroom, and you just tell her where the bathroom is, she sees all this stuff out in this in this neat neat packaging and all this stuff. She thinks, okay, oh, this guy is a professional. He keeps stuff clean. You look professional. You look like an actual man, not a child. That's how you do it. Check it out. Hawthorne.co. That is Hawthorne.co. Check him out. Anyways, let's go back to the episode. Alright, welcome back. We are back with episode number 15 of the J Money Talks Podcast. Let's continue on with our very next segment. And that is tonight, which was earlier today, we had UFC 254. And this was a, we have a lot of fights. There's not a lot of fights. I think there's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 9, 10, 11, 12. At least 12 fights on the card. And I don't know much. I, But I think one of the big things, big fights that happened is practically on one big fight in the prelims was a heavyweight bout between Ty Tuivasa and Stefan the Skystraper Struve. And at the very, towards the very end of the first, of the very first round, Ty Tuivasa ends up taking beating the sky taking down the skyscraper and with some bombs with some serious bombs and went and took him out with Lynn on a buzzer beater on a buzzer beater via TKO uh, which ends up giving uh, Tuvasa a 11 free record and now now a 11 and free record 7 true falls to 33 and 10 it is a free green 10. I believe this is probably this is now his second straight loss. Uh, his second loss. This is is in out of his five previous fights, he has lost four out of the past five. Four out of the past five. Out of the past five. Of the past five, and uh, one big next big fight, but the biggest fights of tonight was of the year of the afternoon was probably in the UFC's was in the main card where we had a top ten matchup between Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris, and this was a 
right, which ended with a, I believe, this ended via head kick. As Volkov won in the second round, one minute, 15 seconds in the in the second round, via head, believed to be a head kick. Let me turn this down. Actually, let's see. And he ends up, he clips him in the beginning, and he actually clips him. And, oh, this is the very first round. Okay, so there's not much to this. So I think you have to watch the, I think you would have to watch the actual fight card for now. Let's say I do not have money to watch it. That's why I wish I actually watched this card, but let's just say bills had to be taken care of. But Alexander Volkov wins in this fight. It's probably moves him up. This uh, gave him a free, makes his record 32 and 8. Uh, while Harris falls to 13 and 9. I believe this is a this is a great bounce back for actually a great bounce back for for uh for uh, Walt Harris because he ended up he had the uh, last time he competed was actually on in the main event against uh, I believe Belades Curtis Belades uh and he lost into in a unanimous decision over Curtis Belades in June. So that is a great bounce back for uh, Volkov. Probably helps move him up in the rankings, heavyweight rankings. Next, on the next fight, we had this. We had a back and forth. We had up having a fight between two top fighters in, in two of the best fighters in the middleweight division, between Robert Whitaker and Jared Cannonier. And this is a fight between two people. The winner of this fight is most likely was going up against Israel Anesanya uh, for the middleweight title in the future. And it appears we are about to get a rematch from the la- from last from last year. We are about to get that rematch between Robert Worker and Jared Cannonier. Cannonier. With Rubber Worker winning this by 29 to 28, all three judges scored a contest like that, and this one was a fight because both men, as now it appears that even though that even though even though Cannonier threw at least threw a big decision was two takedown attempts by by uh, Whitaker, and it appears that. And Pierre Whitaker threw 75 out of 158 total strikes. 69 of them were significant. 69 significant strikes. 59, 59 bombs to the head. Five to the body. Then uh, there was. Now Kenyer did get one knockdown in the fight. It, but this one was a back and forth between the two, and this was a interesting, a great fight between the two of them. And with Robert Whitaker moves up, now moves up to twenty-three and five, and is now going to be going up against Stylebender for the title, middleweight title, in a rematch. Now the question is, will it be in now where when when and where will that fight take place? We are not. I'm not sure. But I'm hoping it's 
I'm hoping it's sometime within March or April. Because I actually, honestly, I want to see that fight. I'm hoping it's, uh, hopefully it's, hopefully at this point, hopefully places be reopened by this point. So, that's my personal opinion. And next, we go into our main event of the evening as, as the, for unify both the both light heavyweight titles the current reigning defending lightweight champion Habib Nurmagomedov took on the interim champion Justin Gaethje in probably one of the biggest fights of the not in the pretty much the one of the biggest lightweight title fights in the history of UFC and and Habib came into this 28 and 0. This is a fight that is. This is honestly a big fight as this is the first fight that Habib is competing after the loss of his. After the long. Uh, after the loss of his father. Very well. To his father in a long, long time. And. To his father, who sadly died earlier this year, earlier this year, and this is a big fight. Um, this is actually a very big fight, and it ends with I mean, in it in this fight, taking this fight, and in this fight in a very dominant fashion, with a minute four seconds, thirty four seconds into the second round, Habib ended up winning via a triangle choke, via a triangle choke. Habib didn't have to do much. He threw 26 out of 80 total strikes. All of them were significant. Majority of them were to the head. He pretty much controlled fight. Pretty much controlled 55 seconds out of the entire fight, scoring two takedowns and just getting the triangle choke, and that ended up sending ending this fight. Ended up giving him a 20 perfect 29 and nothing record. After the fight, because after this fight, Abib has decided to retire at that at 29-0. It is a big thing, and this is a big moment for him. It is now the big question will be is is it going to be the big question is now where does the where does it go from here with where does it go from here? Now that Habib is retired, who who is going? Who will actually be? Who will compete for that title in the future? I am not sure, but I do know is that we might have a thing with where we might have a thing where Tony Ferguson, Ferguson, and maybe Justin Gagey go at it maybe one more time, or maybe. Where does Dustin does Dustin Poirier Poirier come move up and actually contend for play a role in this? And also, the question will be Conor McGregor. What is he actually going to be playing a role? That is actually something we will have. I think that would be something we might discuss. Something, and I think I might do that next. Um, probably next week on uh, next week's episode. So I actually wanted to bring in a wanted to do something before. For the uh, before the pay per view with uh, like a preview with my friend Isaiah Collins who actually uh, 
keeps up with MMA a lot and actually goes with MMA and actually trains in some like some uh, MMA arts like Jiu Jitsu and uh, I believe kickboxing and a couple of other things. And I might bring him on. I do want to bring him on here in the future. We actually have had uh, discussions uh, here and there about it, and that would be something we'll do. We will be doing. Uh, we'll be doing. But that is a big thing. Biggest thing for me will be: is there going to be? Do I think we will see see uh, a rematch between Style Bender and between Style Bender and Robert Whitaker? Absolutely, that is practically that is definitely the fight that's going to happen. And now the question is, when? I am not sure. Not sure, but it is Whitaker has proven that he deserves probably this rematch because he not only a uh, beat a beat a very game Darren Till and then beat a then and beat and then beat uh and thus now beat Jerry Kennier in the unanimous another unanimous decision decision. And now it is the fight right now. That is the fight that should happen. That should happen. And that is going to be the big thing that is going to question. That is the big win. That is going to be the big fight that's going to happen. Do I believe? Who do I believe? So do I know? Do I think it'll happen? I believe so. Dana White said that it is the most logical fight. But he also agrees that Canyon could be a contender as well. So... Who knows what plans could happen, and who knows where this fight takes place? Who where this fight takes place? So, so we might have something there. Uh, uh, what's now the big case now because of the Habib retiring? What's going to happen with the lightweight title? The big question is going to be, I believe he is probably, I say, the winner. I say one of the big things is we probably gonna have something between I say Conor McGregor or Dustin Poirier is probably gonna be some either a gonna be for the vacant lightweight title or something or they're gonna do something like a big they probably could do something I say if I'm Dana White I say this you have the four best biggest contenders you have in that lightweight division is Justin Gagey touch twenty four. Ferguson, Dustin Poirier, and Conor McGregor. I say do say a tar- do f- two fights. Have the Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor fight, and then go do Tony Ferguson, Gagey two. Winners of those fights face each other and face each other for that title. And I say this: it there's a lot of possibilities there. You could have. Poirier versus Gagey versus Gagey. You could have Gagey versus McGregor. You could have Gagey. You have Ferguson versus McGregor, which is actually a fight that I think it would sound very interesting to see because actually that is a very game fight. And honestly, like Tony Ferguson is a bad motherfucker, and that is a fight I would love to see. There is a lot. There are some factors here. There is a fair factors here that it actually could. That could play out. We just gotta see how the cars lie there. But who knows? But that's me if I was Dana White in that scenario. If I was the president, that's how I would make that match. But hey, 
if that's uh but who knows we gotta see where it goes all right we're gonna take another quick break we'll be right back guys don't go anywhere with uh jimmy talks podcast i think the next segment we'll be talking about is probably i'm actually gonna talk about probably my uh scorpion cosplay for a minute because next week is indeed halloween so you guys are listening to episode number 15 of jimmy talks podcast don't go anywhere folks we'll be right back Welcome back to the Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Welcome back to the Jamie Money Talks podcast. I am Scorpion. <laughs> uh, okay, I can't do this. It's going to go off. So, this, welcome back, guys, to episode number 15 of the Jamie Money Talks podcast. As you can see here, I am kind of... Tr- well, I'm not fully on my... I don't have it fully on, but this is my... I got the Scorp... This is my Scorpion costume. Halloween costume for Halloween next week. Uh, so, yeah. This is... Now, in actuality, this is a little smaller... This is actually a little smaller uh, costume. In actuality. This is a... Yeah, when I got this on... I got this on Amazon. It's a size smaller than uh, all the others. Like, I think the... Like, pant size is like 30... A size is 33. I'm not gonna... It's 33. And I'm like... Usually, most stuff is like I'm a f- at size furry. Um, other things is like so. I'm actually working on the mask. I I actually kind of like the mask. Uh, one of the things I'm going to be doing in a minute is like get a well, tomorrow I'm actually going to do is uh get like a hole cutter in order to keep this on me, keep this on me. But other than that, it sort of fits somewhat, it's not bad. It's not too bad, but we'll probably get something where I can A, not only A, keep the mask on me, tight, tight, but I'll work every now, Sal. So, what do you guys think? Uh, do I say I'm muffled, probably? <laughs> What's that muffled? But yeah. Get over here! <laughs> I'm having fun. So, I'm actually going to bring up some of the stuff I got. So... This is what the costume came with. Mask. Uh, this here with the touchable, like, this bottom portion. It's, like, kind of attached to it. So, that's what most of this costume looks like. This costume. This is more like the MK9 costume. MK9, which is kind of, like, one of my favorites. Mostly in terms of the mask. Uh, I ended up buying a couple of these other things. I got me a... Fake Ninja Sword actually today. Yeah, it's fake. It's fake sword. Uh, don't worry. Plastic. Plastic. Uh, plus, it actually kind of work, works well because of the colors on here. The colors, there's a yellow. You can see there's like a little dragon emblem ish here, thing here, around here. You guys see this? This and then there's this thing here, so I'm kind of going to wear it on my right side. Um, I can just do this. Well, I'm not gonna try swing this thing, but yeah. And uh, of course, we can't forget Scorpion. We can't forget Scorpion's famous rope spear. And I just bought a little, a little set of like these. Ninja throwing knives, attach one of them to the chain. 
So, yeah, I can just... So, yeah, it's not the best thing, I know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is like a good Scorpion cosplay. I also got, I'm going to use probably keep the extra throw, keep the extra knives. Throw knives because actually Scorpion does use, uh, some of these, some of, uh, like, uh, parts of the World Series by itself. So, actually, I'm going to keep a couple, keep, uh, so I'm going to use that for the detail, extra detail. And, uh. Yeah, um, over in that, the costume, cosplay is pretty good. This one's like a size smaller than, like, what actually would work well, better for me. Uh, actually work better for me, actually. But, on Amazon. But, uh, I, but that's why one of the things I've been doing is the past 12 weeks is actually been working out. Right now, we're actually on the very last week. So, let's say this, I'm very excited. On doing this, showing off cosplay. I've been actually, if you guys know now, want to know now, I'm actually at around 278. Uh, 278 right now. I'm actually in the final phase. And one of the things is, I have been craving freaking bread, sweets, and the candy and shit for like a motherfucker. So let's just say this I am ready to eat some candy. But last week, I'm going to try to push through. I'm going to try to push through. Try to go hard in the paint for this one. And I'm excited. I am very, very excited. I'm hoping this... Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't know. I'm probably going to do is try to do some like... Maybe do cold... I might do some cold... Maybe do a couple... Maybe do some cold shower. Take a 10 minute cold shower. Maybe a 10 minute... I'm not gonna try to do an ice bath. Actually, maybe. I might do I might do an ice bath like Friday the Friday before. Probably because I think one of the things I'm gonna try to do is this whole week is definitely one hundred percent try to get up early as hell in order to A keep up and then to not only A get get to the gym early. Get stuff done. Get it done. Get it done quick and efficiently, and get the fuck and then get the fuck out. Get the fuck out, and then have some time to not like a maybe take a do like a cold shower, prep my me cook my meals, do whatever I gotta do, and then get and then be able to do my job usual job to work like normal. So that's actually the. That's actually my plan. That's my that's the focus right now this week, and I'm excited for this Halloween. For this Halloween, so yeah. Uh, so far, it's not the best looking thing. I know. Uh, I wish this cosplay. I could have done the cosplay better, and I also kind of tied. I I tied it up with like a this yellow clip tie. I know it's not the chain. I actually went with fake chains. Uh, hmm. I think I might do is actually take one of these off just to lessen this. I think I might take this off, which is probably a few inches less. But the length of this is actually pretty nice. It's like the almost the length of tall as me, actually. Let me see. This is almost tall as me. I'm 5'6 when we use this. So I think with the 
bump. Top, it is right around the upper chest. Right around upper chest. So actually, this is like five feet. Uh, if I attach, reattach this, it's like six feet. Be another foot. Or maybe another six inches. I don't know. Let me see. And then. Yeah, about my height. Yeah, around my height. But I think I might take this. Actually, I'm probably, I'll probably take this, keep this off. And this would be the. And actually, when you see this, it actually will make a whole hell of a lot more sense. So. Yeah. Like, I can just do. Just. Get over here! <laughs> I don't know. We might have some fun. I'm gonna have some fun with this. I'm actually having fun with this. I'm excited to do this, cos this cosplay. This is a character I actually. Uh, Scorpion is one of my favorites in uh, all of Mortal Kombat. In all of Mortal Kombat. Um, in all of Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. Let's play. So, I'm actually going to do is, I will have photos up, usually on my, probably on my Instagram. I'll probably, I will share it on, like, my Facebook, my personal Facebook. And, you know, I will probably share a couple things on Twitter and a few other things. Uh, but, yeah, I think I would probably, I do want to do something uh, for, because it's Scorpion cosplay. Since it's a Scorpion cosplay. If there are anybody doing doing anything uh Mortal Kombat cost any Mortal Kombat costumes for Halloween especially Sub-Zero hit hey like let's hey let's set up something because I want to set up something like do something like win like a Sub-Zero versus Scorpion little thing for Halloween if you uh are interested in doing something like that hit me up because I would love to set up something there uh Set up something there and have some fun with this. Have some fun with it. Um, have some fun. And, uh, yeah, just let me know. Let me know because I don't have a lot of stuff. I'm not going to do a lot of stuff for Halloween. I'm not going to go to some hall random Halloween party because that's stupid. Especially, come on. We in a pandemic, guys. But I will say this. But also this. If you are... If... You are correctly Shang Tsung trying to be like a, that tries to that tricks me being in the katana. I would love to find any katanas or some jades or some alinas out in Halloween, and you could be Shang Tsung and suck the suck my suck the soul out of my dick. <laughs> Honestly, because let's just say this: I have not had any. I have not tried being going to any having any fun. With any hoes in a while. Let's just say this. I let's just say this last month I had to shut down Space Mountain, and I'm saying I'm probably going, and I'm pretty much need to open up for at least one night. Open up Space Mountain for at least one night, and then after that, I'm probably going to No Nut November. So I'm probably going to do No Nut No Nut November because 
let's say boy gone wants to have a point of need that little reset there so uh yeah <laughs> moving on so uh i think we'll move on a little bit move on a little bit so um yeah if you're anybody's doing like a doing dressing up like sub zero following hey hit me up mate. let's try to set up something like a something like a sub zero versus scorpion thing for like halloween and uh oh we can shout each other out do a shout out or something stop something in who knows um next big thing is i guess we can talk about i think we'll go back to sports i think now we'll talk about nfl tomorrow we have one of the biggest games probably one of the biggest games of the season a game of the year in the pittsburgh steelers on the pittsburgh steelers and the Baltimore, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Tennessee Titans in a classic game in the Tennessee Titans, which is a game where the question is going, the big question is, our big question is, is who went out in this game? Is it, is who will have, who will be what it takes Will it be the Steelers on the back of ba- on the shoulders of Big Ben and sacked in Blitzburg and Blitzburg, or or is it going to be between the Tennessee Giants and the shoulders of both Ryan Tannehill and Mister and Mister Derek Henry? And this is a game, the game of the week. This is probably one of the biggest games of the year. And this is a big game because Tennessee, both teams are 5-0. Tennessee is the number one seed. And Pittsburgh is currently, I believe, the number two seed, I believe. Is currently the number two seed in this. If we... This so far. Ravens this week have a bye week. This is the biggest. This game is big for the Ravens is big because if the Steelers lose if the Steelers lose that means the AFC North title is more is possibly up for grabs is possibly up for grabs is up for grabs is up for grabs see North Isle is up for grabs and it is probably more likely going to be a possible and now, because one of the big things is for the Ravens is that in three weeks, is that in four weeks, they have, they play against the Tennessee Giants in Baltimore, and there is a chance the Ravens could, could play a big role in that one. And this is a game that is, is the, probably the game that determines who is going to be playing, who is more unlikely Staying it going to be enjoying home games, and it's probably going to be the team that's more than likely taking on the Chiefs. Chiefs in the AFC title game, more than likely taking on the Chiefs in the AFC title game in January. And who is has to has to come in via has to play the role of Legion of Doom, aka Vero Warriors, or in this case Mad Max, aka Road Warrior. Uh, 
you know, a world warrior like Matt Max or Legion of Doom, you might beat Emble or Hawk. Which one? I'm not sure, but you probably it's determined. This these next two weeks determine a lot of a lot of stakes, very high stakes, very high stakes. The Ravens they are actually this week is on a bye week, but they actually end up playing a big. One of the good things is the Ravens are actually going to have fans for their game. It is about going to be about four thousand fans for this game. The next big game, but the Ravens have two big things. Two big things coming up for this year. Two uh, big signings for them. One of them is the Ravens decided to sign in, sign Des Bryant, former Cal- Dallas Cowboy Des Bryant, to a to the practice squad. More than likely probably going to bring him in. Now, people ask, why is Des Bryant on the practice? What does that mean for big Des Bryant? It is uh, pretty much a veteran who who knows the system, knows how to be a receiver, a veteran wide receiver, and is going to be helpful for a very young core, in very young wide receiver core, and Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, and Miles Boykin, and Hollywood Brown. For uh, very talented, very young wide receivers, that veteran presence alongside Willie Sneed will actually help with the team a lot. Will help with that wide receiver core a lot. So him being on the practice right is pretty good. And, but the biggest news came this way was the Minnesota Vikings decided to ship help trade. Gay helped out the Baltimore Ravens pass rush very significantly by trading a top defensive end. In Yannick Ngagwe, who earlier this season, who in the offseason rejected a franchise center from the Jacksonville Jaguars and wanted to leave and was playing in earlier on. He actually wanted to be a part of that of the black and purple. He wanted to be a part of the Ravens flock of the Ravens flock. And it didn't work out. And he decided to go to Minnesota. And one of the things in so far this season, um, the Vikings, sadly, their culture, they are not doing like the best so far. They are currently, as of this moment, at a, I believe they are currently, if, uh, currently, the... They are currently at a one in five record, and this is a bad. And they are a one in five record, and Yannick Ngakwe was with the Jaguars, who just started going back down in relevancy after, despite having a great 2017 campaign. It, the Vikings need was in need of some draft picks. The Ravens. Said, hey, we got a 2021, gave him a 2021 third round pick and a conditional fifth round pick in, for 2022. And as a result, now, now has helped out with a Ravens pass rush that was a big question in the very beginning. In the very beginning. In the very beginning. 
And this is a trade. And now Yannick Ngwagawe is now with the is now a Raven, which is the team he actually kind of wanted to be a part of, actually, in the beginning. So this actually helps out a lot. Right now, the Ravens are right now very great. So far, they are right now allowing the fewest points per game right now at 17.3. And is also a and also is ranked second in the NFL in sacks, total sacks with 22. With 22. This helps out a lot. Is now A, the Ravens have a new uh side, new Booking that compare they compare with Matthew Judon who is which helps out a lot and they're receiving a young man who is at 25 currently 25 years old who is a pass rusher in his prime. Not only that he also they also bring back a young bring him back with his teammate with his teammate possibly his teammate with his teammate Calais Campbell who is. Who joined the Ravens just recently? Just recently joined with Jaguars via a fifth round pick to Jags. So this is a big, big time thing for the Ravens in a pass rush, which is now going to have, which now is going to be getting the heat. The heat will probably be thrown by the big game, big quarterbacks they have this on quarterbacks. Then the next few weeks. Is for the Ravens. They got. They're going up against Big Ben. Uh, for it means it means. For November first, Ravens are going to be throwing some pressure at Big Ben, Philip Rivers, who's now with the Colts, Ryan Tannehill, Cam Newton, who is Cam Newton, and Cam Newton. That's four big things. And this is one of the things that helps out the Ravens because this helps us up, up with a blueprint because of what a defensive team they kind of would use, need to use in actuality against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Because they recently just... Because if you don't know, the Raiders... The Las Vegas Raiders, when they beat the Chiefs, they actually found a blueprint. They showed a blueprint of like... Hey, this is how you really, if you really want to stop this offense, this is what you really do. Go on a four-man rush. Everyone else drop back in coverage. Because the biggest, biggest wide receiver threats you got. Because if you can stuff the wall, passing game, the passing game is, is a pretty much an unique, it's a great zone. It's pretty much pretty much playing zone. I think one of the big things is not soft, do a soft zone. I think tighten, no, maybe tighten it up a bit. Tighten, keep the zone a little tight, a little controlling, and it actually helps. And it will, it kind of like in a way, sort of like overwhelms Mahomes. So like either try to a throw for something up. Or, B, he has to, like, run a ball, scramble around, and it kind of, in a way, chews up the clock. In a way, chews up the clock. Chews up the clock, and as a result, the team probably has to play, like, a more hurry-up offense. Probably has to play more hurry-up, and who knows, if you're a team that's 
can score early and quick and efficiently, it is probably a game on how to beat this stout team in the Chiefs. It's you got to probably score first and then be try to force the Chiefs to make offense. Force Patrick Mahomes to be overwhelmed on trying to like scramble, try to make decisions in in the game and like overwhelm him. Overwhelm like his senses basically. And and that's how you actually beat a team like that. And that is going to be the big thing is if you're going to try to win this game, you got to try to beat us with a run then. And I think the Ravens kind of could do that. Could have done it if it kind of went that route, but they kind of Try to go with uh, more like, now we're going to try to rush five or six or seven, which did not work, and we end up getting killed off of those blitz schemes this time around. This would help set up a blueprint right now for the Ravens. And the good thing is, and this is a defense that is going to be very, very scary for any defense, for any offense, because now they can rush four, just rush four players, and they can just you watch you. You can just suffer. You're pretty much now, if you're a quarterback who loves to throw the football, you got to figure out hey, to your receivers, who can I throw this to? Should I throw the guy that's being covered by Marlon Humphrey, who is practically, who can, who can actually, is practically an all-pro cornerback? Marlon Humphrey? Or should I try to throw to the guy who's being covered by all-pro cornerback, cornerback Marcus Peters? Marcus Peters? And then, as chances are, you're getting picked off by either the Joker, Deshaun Elliott, Chuck Clark, and and then you got to worry about a rookie linebacker in Patrick Queen. The linebacker in Patrick Queen. you got to worry about Judon coming in. you got to worry about Pernell McVie, who is playing a sensational game. Sensational game. And then you gotta deal with, like, a factors. And then, you don't know who you got in the defensive ends, like, defensive end Derek Wolf, Calais Campbell, and Brandon Williams. Three big men is running toward, is practically up front. Yeah, you're, is you, for any offense, if we're in here right now, you are probably saying if the Ravens are on your schedule right now, as of this moment for the next 10 weeks, you are practically saying, fuck, <laughs> what are we going to do? How are we going to get yards or points on the same? The best case scenario is you're hoping the offense doesn't score, and that is something that the best case scenario for you is you're hoping the offense can doesn't isn't as productive. The only thing you can do is hope hope to survive if we let you. Who knows? So that's the thing. That's the end game here, guys. This it, I'm not gonna say the Ravens are gonna win this. Could win this thing. I still say this. Chiefs are still the favorites right now. The favorites probably meet the Titans. If Ravens can beat them, there might be a chance. This isn't. Right now, we got the Steelers. That's a big. The big thing is winning the North. 
plays a big role plays a big role and then maybe focus on beating Tennessee and then if we beat Tennessee if we can beat Tennessee and if we can beat the Steelers then let's see if we can beat the Chiefs then then let's see see if we can make it to January and if we have to go up against the Chiefs up in Arrowhead Ooh, that is going to, that could be a game. And the winner of that winner of that Super Bowl winner might be the champion, the Super Bowl champion. Who knows? Who knows? So that's the big thing for Ravens. That was the big contract. The next big thing was their that clown, the clown, Antonio Brown. And he is his eight game suspension is almost complete. It's almost complete at this season week eight. And the big question is who was he gonna be signed to? One rumor circulated around that the Ravens were gonna make a deal. We're gonna make a deal. There was a lot of big big push. The Seahawks were strongly a favorite was a strong favorite to come in. Come in. Russell Wilson was pushing for him. Like, hey, man, you got to come, come to Seattle, man. Trust me. We can help you out. We've helped out Josh Gordon. We can definitely help you out, man. Trust me. Trust me. At the end of the week, Friday, the team that A.B. decides to go to is that is, is A.B. leaving Florida to go to Seattle? Is it going to is he coming to the Bay? Is he coming to Baltimore? Nope. He is decided to stay to one Bay. A.K.A. Not the Chesapeake Bay. Tampa Bay. Or should I say, Tampa Bay. Yes, right. Mr. A. Antonio Brown is reunited with his old, the QB he was with last year when he was in when he played one game in New England, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and is now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this was a big thing, that question that a lot of people were going to say. And if you look at this offense, it is kind of sad, isn't it? The, Raven, the, the Buccaneers have Mike Evans, Charles, Chris Godwin, Gronkowski, um, Ronald Jones, a great running back, and one of the big things is now AB is in the mix. This offense. The question is going to be like, and they're coached by Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is a, a great offensive mind. How good will this team be? And the question is, how good will this offense be? Will this offense be a productive thing? How good it was often to be. And I'm going to keep my arm down here. I did not notice there was a tag still on there. And I actually bought this. So I'm going to keep this down. And by the way, I, I literally bought this. I didn't steal this. I bought it. I have a receipt. Might have to look where it is. But I bought it. Anyways. Uh, anyways. The, the Buccaneers... This is a high, this is a bit of uh, offense 
that Broccoli is now great. Now the question is, who is the Arctic contender? Possibly. Because, I mean, one of the biggest things was going to be for me, if this is, if there's any team in Alliance that could make it out of this, it's possibly going to be it is possibly going to be Tampa Bay coming out of the NFC. This probably may seal it. Who knows? This is, but I don't know. But in, football is any given Sunday. So we can, I'm not going to say that we should automatically crown the Bucks now as the NFC champions. They still got to go up against New Orleans. They still got to compete against New Orleans. They still got to compete against Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Now they did beat Green Bay. They did beat Aaron Rodgers. They still got to compete against Seattle and Russell Wilson. I mean, they still they still have to face like teams like the 49ers and uh and I mean and I know what you're thinking. I should say something like, oh well, what about Dallas or Philly or something? No. No, like let's be honest. If it, even if whoever wins out of that conference is at wins out of that division is going to be decimated. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest there. Straight up. Straight forward. <clears throat> so, I'll get to, and I'm going to get to the NFC East in a second. In a second. <clears throat> but, uh, the Bucks are probably, are strongly going to be considered the NFC South leaders and probably a contender for the division. Okay. Uh, that was my father there. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bucks are probably going to be the contenders for the NFC. That is probably what's going to happen. I'm not assuming, I'm not going to say they are the favorites, but they are probably the they are of high consideration of probably winning the NFC. Who knows how AB, the dynamic for AB going, is going to be. That is going to be the question is, is my big thing about, I didn't want AB in the, as Raven. Even as question of like the production, offensive production, like wide receivers stuff and all that stuff. My big thing concern about AB was, is he been like humbled enough? Is he humble enough to realize, okay, if I'm going to be on this team, I'm probably going to get three or four targets a game. My question is, are you going to stop? Are you going to swallow that your ego to set three or four targets a game? And that was my concern there with Baltimore, is that. Baltimore Ravens, we are run first and then set up a pass. You are at least getting three or four targets. The rest of the time, you're probably blocking. You're going to be blocking. So my question is going to be, are you willing to sacrifice that ego for that team? And that was going to be something I concerned about. But I think now this one, it's it's. Tom Brady, he loves to throw players. I'm thinking that AB can be that player. Is probably that dude. He won't be playing until next week, I think. 
and that's November 1st. So next week, we will probably see the return of the clown show. The return of the circus. I say this. Tampa Bay, I wish you guys very luck. The best of luck. And, uh, yeah. Okay, moving on. Let's see what's going on with... I think we got some... I think we're going to talk a little... Let's look into... Back into the baseball stuff. So, that's all I have our NFL thing right now. Ooh! We got some big news, ladies and gentlemen. It appears the the Rays actually got a walk-off over a couple costly errors by the by the Dodgers. Let's just say they ended up eating right before the bottom of the knife a couple of butterfingers. Off a couple of butterfingers. Wow. What oh that is a big thing. Now the series is tied get two games apiece. Over two errors. Now if you're wondering what was errors, it was a bloop or blooper to right center and pretty much the center fielder ended up dropping the ball as he picked up and then the catcher tried to do a simple like try to do like one of those tags to on home and ends up bobbling out of his glove and ends up getting another run two runs scored out of it and as a result Tampa Bay came out of it with two runs it was it was uh hmm, name here let me find the name here. Is it? Wait a minute. Is it Brandon Phillips? Brett Phillips. Brett Phillips. And I'm getting a single to right center field. And both. Kevin Kiermeyer and. And uh, Randy Arozarena. Arizona Arena scored two runs in the bottom, at the bottom of the ninth, and the Rays are now tied up, are now, and the series is now tied at two games apiece. This is a, this series is big. Speaking of Randy Arizona, he ended up, uh, speaking of Arozarena, Arena, he ended up Hitting his ninth home run, which is now a po- which is like a postseason record for a postseason record for a postseason record ninth home run. This is big. So this is a big get. That was big right there. So if you are a race fan, your eyes are on you guys. You guys, the chance of you guys. There's still a chance now. This series is now deadlock at two. I believe there's a game. I think there will be a game tomorrow night, actually, I believe. Or when is next game? Let's see. Okay, there will be a game tomorrow night. Game five is tomorrow. And then there will be two more games. Game six is on Tuesday. And then... 
if possible, Game 7 is on a Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Woo! Baby, this is This series is intense. This series is intense. It's intense. Speaking of which, Cincinnati is won their game against SMU 42 to 13. Now they are going to be going undefeated in their matchup against Memphis, a very probably a very good Memphis team, which is one of which is going to be a probably big, a very very big, can't a very very big American Conference game. And we uh, let's see what else do we have left to talk about. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I actually know this. My Louisville City football team, sadly, is now out of the USL Championship Tournament. They sadly lost in their Eastern Conference Final 2-1 uh, to one to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, unfor- that is very unfortunate. Now they are... That is... This is a... Louisville was looking for their third appearance in four years in the USL Championship Final. Unfortunately, that is this season and as unfortunately over now. It's sadly over now. So, what happens next? So, what happens next after... So, what happens now? I'm not sure. One thing I do know is... One thing I do know is... That there's a player on the team named actually named well, unfortunately is named Jason Johnson, which is actually quite funny to me because I'm like, because now I'm like, well fuck now I got now there's actually more famous Jason Johnson than me. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Maybe I don't know we ever will we ever meet, but if we do, I'm like, who knows? We may have an interview on the Jim Money Talks podcast. Jason Johnson interviews Jason Johnson. Jason Johnson, regular dude versus Jason Johnson, a soccer player. That might be done. If anyone knows any way I could speak to any anybody from Louisville CFC, we can set this up. <laughs> if so, we can set it up. All right, I think that's about it, guys. Thank you guys very much for watching. Very much for watching. We uh, we're gonna we'll be seeing you guys next week. We might, I might actually do the cost. I might do this. I might do next episode in the Scorpion costume, actually. So, until then, until then, guys, take care. So long. Drink your agua. And, and if you ever, and at this point in time, Till then, I'll see you guys next week in the next very next episode. Who knows? You might you might see me in this year costume, wearing this year costume. Till then, so long, farewell, goodbye. Until then, if you don't mind. I'm gonna go hunt. I got. I'm gonna go hunt down Sub Zero. Take care.